Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. It's Friday on uh, Coast View. We're getting back to the regular uh, Friday shows with Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com. But let me share with you real quick before we go to Jeff uh, something that my friend Stacy Waldrop posted. And it says this, kindness is loaning someone your strength instead of reminding them of their weakness. If more of us would practice that one, the world would be an amazing place, an amazing place. Kindness is loaning someone your strength instead of reminding them of their weakness. I love that one. Very, very good. Thank you, Stacy, for posting that and giving me the opportunity to share it with our Coast View audience. Now let's move over to Jeff Duncan. Uh, the award-winning columnist from, from uh, NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune, and uh, you know, good friend of this show, good friend of mine. It's great to see you, my friend. Great to see you, Ricky. Getting closer to football season, man. You can kind of start to feel the buzz and excitement here in New Orleans. I'm sure you're feeling it over there in Gulfport as well. We are, man. I mean, it's exciting. It's exciting to see... You know, there are a lot of, uh, there's a lot of anticipation, and you've written a column since the last time we talked, and we'll get into it in just a second to say there's a lot of reason for optimism, but there are still some big questions and some concerns. Uh, we, there's a lot to prove. This team has a lot to prove. Um, again, we'll talk about that in just a second, but, you know, one of the things you did mention, and I just wanted to start out with this, uh, Jameis Winston really wants to play tonight. Yep. Um, he's one of the question marks, isn't he? Well, I, I just think he, you know, he hasn't played a game, a real live game since Halloween last year. Uh, and I think, you know, talking to Bobby Hebert, I was at practice with him the other day, and he said, look, if it were, that were me, I know I would want to get out there and have some live bullets, if you will, uh, because you're, it's more it's more about your brain than it is about the knee anymore. His knee's been surgically repaired. It's more about the mental standpoint of taking a hit on. He hasn't taken a hit on that knee. And and Jameis said as much. And I had a really good conversation with him yesterday about, about this exact thing. I mean, he's dying to get back out there. The organization's trying to do the right thing. And it's kind of like what I wrote. I mean, Dennis Allen's almost damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. If he gets hurt, Everyone's going to hammer Dennis Allen, and if he doesn't, and he and he and he comes out really rusty in that opener against Atlanta, and they lose to the Falcons, he's going to get hammered for that. So really, kind of a very tough decision here early on in Dennis Allen's tenure. It's interesting that you had Jeff the opportunity to to visit with with uh, uh, Jameis. He's essentially about three years into this rebuild of his yep. psyche. Of his of his approach to the game, you know he's been in this uh, as you as so many times pointed out and wrote a book about it. He's been in this offense that you need a PhD to run. Does it show when you talk to him that he's it's very significantly far in that rebuilding process be, be, beside the knee? Yeah, look, I had a great conversation with him yesterday. I was working on my preseason column, and and my column about him, Ricky, is basically going to be you know he's a a little bit of a polarizing character or figure with the Saints fan base. And I really think a lot of it is there's two reasons I feel like. Uh, 
There's a lot of people on his side, no question. But then some people are hesitant, I think, to jump on board, either because of his past transgressions at Florida State and with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, off-field transgressions, or they watch him play and they don't see Drew Brees. And, and, you know, that's going to happen to whoever played quarterback in this role after Drew Brees. It's uh, it's unfortunate, but they're always going to be compared to one of the all-time greats. And it's really unfair to Jameis Winston, but he has a great attitude about it. I, I talked to him yesterday at length about does he feel the pressure of that? Does he does it legacy matter to him? And you know what he told me, Ricky? He said, you know what matters to me? He said, I'm motivated every morning getting up about my wife and my two beautiful children and then the, my parents and the people that supported me my whole life. He said, I can't worry about all that other stuff. And it's really a refreshing attitude. He's so right about it. He's not concerned with it. He cares about his teammates and the organization. Well, the thing that was most interesting to me is that he knows this is a make or break year. He knows it. Uh, you know, he even said, Ricky, he said, this is the most important year of my career. And he said one year. And I think that's important because he's on a two-year contract. I think a lot of people think it's a two-year deal. It's actually a one-year deal. Uh, you know, the Saints can walk away from it after one year. He knows that. He understands the business. So he's taken every opportunity to be successful this year. Now, whether it happens or not, we're going to find out. But he's doing everything right. Now it's just a matter of doing it on the field, and, and we'll, we're going to find out. Just in the past couple of days, I watched a couple of documentaries. One was on the relationship between Dara Earnhardt uh, and, and Michael Waltrip. And it showed that, you know, here was Michael Waltrip. He, he enjoyed sort of the, the the entire experience of being a driver. <clears throat> he was this funny guy and whatever. And then over here, you had Dale Earnhardt, who was unilaterally focused on being a monomaniac on a mission. Man, he knew everything about the engines, the team, the marketing. The I mean, he was like zeroed in. The other one was with Tom Brady. You know, a, a great reminder, not that we need the reminder, but the incredible preparation that uh, Tom Brady goes through to prepare his mind, to prepare for the game. He's always thinking forward. He's got big goals, preparing his body. And then, of course, we had Drew Brees and his, um, you know, what he what he didn't have physically, he he was able to uh, to overcome with just a mental approach to the game. Do you think that Jameis is taking that sort of winner's mentality toward this now? I mean, absolute monomaniac on a mission. Well, look, he's, his personality is different. And I think that's one thing people need to adjust to is he's going to be a little different. He's not going to be the CEO like Drew Brees. That's not who he is. But I think in talking to his teammates, coaches, people in the building, you know, that's what I do. You know, that's my job, right, to find out what it's like when the lights are off, when no one's around. What's the guy like? And they all speak highly of him, everyone, not, not 95%, every single person. His teammates yeah. really respect his work ethic. They talk about his leadership skills. There's just a lot of positive things. Now, a lot of times people are going to say that, but this is when this is when I'm talking to people off the record. Yeah, they can really yeah. tell me. Yeah, they can tell me what's going on. Everyone speaks highly of him. I don't think it's a matter of like him growing up now. I think he's matured from that guy that you know had the, the issues at Florida State. We all mature at different stages of our lives. I think that part of it is fine. I just think what comes down to Jameis is, is he good enough? Is he yeah. good enough? And I don't think he has to be tremendously, you know, he doesn't have to be Hall of Famer for this team. I, I compare him a lot to say what the Titans get with Ryan Tannehill. I mean, the Titans win the division every year. Uh, they, you know, now they haven't won a Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill, but they're good. 
every year because the rest of their team is really good, and they have a guy that didn't do well in Miami but has come there and kind of uh, you know resurrected his career in Tennessee. I think Jameis Winston can easily do that, maybe even better, and the Saints can go pretty far. Now, can they win a Super Bowl with him? I don't know. We're going to find out, but I don't think he has to be Drew Brees. He has to be the best version of Jameis Winston because this team is set everywhere else. So when you talk to receivers like Chris Olave or or Michael um, um, oh. Michael, yeah, or um, Jarvis Landry, what do they say about the touch that he puts on the ball? Is it a catchable ball? I mean, is all that being fine-tuned? Well, look, he, he's not going to be Drew Brees accurate on the short intermediate routes. That's not who he's ever been. And he knows that he even made fun of himself yesterday about it. He said, look, I'm, I'm working on it. I've done all this work in the offseason. He said, that's one of the things I could do while repairing my knee was I could make work on my short throws because I didn't have the leg strength to throw long. He knows he can throw long. So he knows that's an area he's going to prove, but he's never going to be that that guy. But what he can do is throw a ball 50 yards downfield that Drew Brees couldn't do. So there's things he can do well. And I'll say this. I mean, the last two days in practice, he's looked the best he's looked all camp. He's getting better. He's looking more confident. I mean, I think those those days off in some ways kind of kind of were good. It, it kind of let him look at the game mentally. So he's looked really good. He wants to play Friday night. He wants to play in this game. Uh, whether he does or not, I think it's going to come down to Dennis Allen. Uh, but, I, again, I don't think Jameis Winston ever going to be a 65 70% accuracy quarterback. And I think people need to get used to that. And they just need to go with what he is instead of what he's not. And I think that people will adjust a lot better that way. How's Michael Thomas recuperating from his injury? Well, he still isn't on the field. We haven't seen him since Green Bay. But everybody I've talked to internally says he's going to be fine for the opener against Atlanta. Uh, but it is a little concern that, you know, that's another injury that he's had. That's a setback. And you wonder, is it going to be something he deals with going forward? Uh, because of these lower leg injuries, sometimes, I mean, I've had them as a runner. I'm sure you've had them too. Like one thing can affect the other. It's like a domino effect when you have a, a weakness in one of your legs or something. And I think that's what happened with him uh, and his foot coming back from his foot injury. That's what happened with Jameis Winston and his foot. He said it was because of his knee, he was favoring it, and went to the other foot. And, uh, so you just wonder, is that going to hold up all year? It's such a delicate balance. It's like all the work they do to get ready. And not until they get in the team and really begin to get their game face on do they really test their bodies in the way they've all been tested. And let's hope that uh, all this work they've done during the offseason and during training training camp is going to prepare them and we can we can remind folks one of the reasons why the saints may do better in the injury area because they brought a superstar in there to help them and we can start the second half our discussion with that and then we'll move on and talk about other things but this is jeff duncan from nola.com and the time speaking we'll see you after this break Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Supertalk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View uh, with my uh, producer, Cal Curley, who 
is uh, he'll be at the Superdome tonight playing the music. Our jack of all trades keeps this show on the road. That's for sure. We're with Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. And you know we you can, you know injuries in the NFL they go hand in hand. That's just the way it is. You're going to always have injuries. The Saints were having too many last year. More players played, uh, I think, than ever in the history of the NFL because of injuries and other issues related to that. Uh, the Saints completely re-engineered the approach that they're taking toward training and getting the guys ready for 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 playing strength. Uh, say a little bit about that because it was as I mentioned to you during the break. I, I heard the the interview with Ryan Ramchak up in Green Bay when he was talking about how when he gets when they get done with their training, how the weightlifting is so different than it used to be, and he seemed to really buy into it. Well, it was a point of emphasis for Mickey Loomis and and Dennis Allen to try and overhaul the strength and conditioning program. They weren't really uh, upset with the old regime. They just wanted to move in a new direction and they're going more into kind of the cutting edge of sports science, bringing in Matt Ray from the University of Alabama, hired him away from Nick Saban. Nick Saban wanted to keep him on. Uh, He's very well uh, regarded and they're doing a lot more, uh, I guess what I would say, um, new age strength training. I mean, a lot of like resistant band work on the lower body uh, you know, you see them after practice every day when we're doing interviews in the indoor training facility behind us, there's a different position group out there doing resistant band stretching, uh, you know, sprints with them, basically trying to prevent some of these soft tissue injuries that have hounded the team the past few years, hamstrings, you know, muscle pulls, groin injuries, things like that, that can be prevented with these different kinds of workouts. They're doing less heavy strength training and more lighter weights with uh, higher reps. So it's just a different way, a different approach. It's not saying one's right or one's wrong, but they feel like this, and then historically, Matt Ray will, will, will tell you that their program reduces injuries. And I think that's a big emphasis. They're gonna have injuries. I mean, they've already had some. Pete Werner's got a groin injury. You know, Michael Thomas has a hamstring injury. These things are gonna happen, but you wanna try and reduce the numbers if you can. Jeff, one thing I, I, I thought about while you were talking, and it's so true, the average person has not been on a sideline or in the end zone during a professional football game. And during my career, I had the opportunity to watch several games from the field. The thing I remember most about the first impression I had about it was, my God, look how fast this game is. Look how violent it is. And when I say fast, I mean, the plays would unfold so rapidly. It's not, for some reason, being on the field and seeing it up close and personal, it seemed completely different. It's almost like this, the view that we have on TV is almost in slow motion. I don't know how to quite explain that. But violent, fast, oh, my goodness. Explain, try to put that in words, what I'm trying to say. Well, we see it a lot of times even at practice, which is probably about three-quarters speed. But it happens every once in a while where they'll make a pass down the sidelines where we're standing along the sidelines, uh, the other reporters. And these players are coming at you so fast. You you see it coming. You try to get out of the way, and you barely get out of the way. It is so much faster than you think your reaction time. Uh, so that's when I see it a lot, and that's just at practice. When you're down there on the field during a game, the thing that strikes me, Ricky, is the violent nature, uh, the recklessness or the disregard for their bodies, the way defenders throw their bodies in at such a high rate of speed. 
it really amazes me that somebody's not hurt on every play. Uh, it's so violent, so fast, uh, as you mentioned. And uh, it be, because when you watch it on TV, it's all relative. Everybody's the same speed. It doesn't seem that fast. But when you're down there, your speed as a normal human being, it's mind-boggling. And, and there's really no way to describe it until you get down there and see it for yourself and have some of these guys run at you and run by you. I think that's when you get that sense of like a freight train going by. Yeah, boy, that's a way, great way to say it. The freight train moving at a very high rate of speed. And, uh, you know, we're talking about world-class athletes here. Uh, it, I mean, that can't be overstated how in shape they have to be to play this game and stay, for the most part, injury-free. It's incredible. You're right. It's incredible there aren't more very, very serious injuries that happen. Hey, Jeff, r- real quick. Uh, again, coming back to your column where you talked about the things that concern you, uh, are, are, is that still where you are today? And are there any new concerns on the table since you wrote that column? No, look, I think I think those concerns also should be pointed out. Like that's every team in the league's got those kind of things. Uh, but Dennis Allen, I know, wants to get those safeties on the field Friday night. Uh, he wants them to play together. He knows they haven't played much football together. There's been some busts, and and that's going to happen. They, Tyran Matthew and Marcus May are great players, but they haven't played together, and they haven't played in this system, so it's like a double whammy. And uh, Matthew was out the first six days of practice. So that's an area they need to accelerate the learning curve. They need to play together. So I wouldn't be surprised if those two guys played a little bit tonight uh, on, 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 um, against the Chargers. And, and then the offense hasn't worked together. I mean, Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas, Taysom Hill, Ryan Ramchick, they've been in and out of the lineup. Those are key positions on this team that need to kind of synchronize. So I wouldn't be surprised, Ricky, if the Saints offense early this season is a little shaky and a little rusty, and it's going to take them a little while to find their bearings. People need to kind of temper their expectations. It's not going to be, I don't think, 38-3 to like the like they beat drummed the Packers last year. I think it's going to be a little bit more of a wobble into the season. And people are going to get all excited about the offensive weapons that they have. You know, it's fantasy football's warped everybody's minds. And everybody thinks the Saints are going to come out here and be Drew Brees, Jimmy Graham, Darren Sproles, lighting people up. That's not what this team's going to be. They're going to be a lot more like the Jim Morris Saints than the Drew Brees Saints. I think people need to need to recognize that. They're going to win games in the teens and 20s uh, and lean, lean on this, this elite defense. Well, I, I don't care what source I read, there's no way the Saints don't fully understand and appreciate that they're going into this season with unbelievably high expectations for the defense. I mean, it could be incredibly great. You know, I think about, you know, you said that about the offense just then, but same thing goes for the defense. If they if they come out and struggle a little bit, people are going to say, what? what? What's that all about? Same, same thing. They could be rusty too, right? Yeah, look, I, I don't know. I think the defense is, is ready to go. I mean, most of those guys are back. Uh, now they're missing, you know, those two safeties are new. They even had Marshawn Lattimore. We don't know what he's dealing with, probably a hamstring. Uh, he's been out. But everybody else has been been out there. Marcus Davenport, who I wrote about a week ago, how key he is to their season, but what a freak athlete he is. And it's a contract year for him. So he's got needs to have a big year, and I think he will. Um, he's working his way back. He looks really good on the field right now. Uh, but but Dennis Allen said in that column I wrote, he's not worried about Marcus Davenport in week one. He's worried about him in week 16 and 17. And so that's another guy you're going to bring along slowly, probably work him in. I don't know if he'll even start the season as a starter. 
you might work him in in a rotation. So Dennis Allen, I think some of these interesting things he's doing early on, uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by. First-year head coach, learning to manage different personalities, different uh, requests by individual players. How do you manage that within the concept of the team? Wow, it's incredible. Hey, listen, I was watching some of the drills they were doing with Davenport. Uh, I think the Saints team themselves posted it on their social media. And, man, this guy, again, they're all fast. But in his case, man, I had, this guy was relentless going in. I mean, and the speed that he was going in. How do you block a guy like that? Well, it's very difficult. I mean, I don't know if you've read that column, but Brian Young, the, the, special, the, the pass rush specialist for the Saints, he said Davenport got called for two penalties last year that didn't even happen, but he's just so violent when he hits a guy that the <laughs> lineman's head jerks back and they thought it was helmet to helmet. He said that's how violent it is. I mean, he is, he is the most dominant physical player on their defense, but he's just been battling injuries his whole career. But he's 6'5", 6'6", like 285 pounds, and he runs about a 4'5", 4'6", 4'40". It's, it's freakish. And when he gets after people, he's a, he can wreck an offense. Now, they just have to get him healthy to do it. But you put him out there with Cam Jordan and, and David Onyemata, it's as good a defensive line as there is in the game. And I thought this was interesting. I had a colleague in from out of town, national reporter in from out of town, interviewing Dennis Allen. I'm going to use this in my column coming up, so I'm going to be a little spoiler here. But he, he said he'd just come from Buffalo, who's probably the Super Bowl favorite right now, one of the Super Bowl favorites. And he told Dennis off to the side, he said, you know, your defense is your only other defense in the league that your defense reminds me of is uh, that you remind me a lot of the Buffalo Bills. And Dennis said, you mean they remind you of us? <laughs> yeah. So you yeah, confident and, and they are in their defense. I love that. And look, you got to see it. When you say in Green Bay, they did well against the first team offense in Green Bay. You meant it, didn't you? Well, and Aaron Rodgers said so. I mean, he even talked about it. He said, look, that was great for us. Because they got a lot of young receivers that, that have talent, but they hadn't gone against the secondary like the Saints yet. And the Saints got after them, and we all saw what they did to Aaron Rodgers last year. It was one of the worst games of his career. So when this defense, I think the key, Ryan Nielsen, I talked to him this week, the co-defense coordinator. He said, look, we, we showed what we can do. We know what the standard is. Look what we did to Tom Brady. Look what we did to Aaron Rodgers. The problem is a week or two later, we lost to the Giants. We let 11-point lead get away at home. We lost to the Falcons. So that's where they—that's the, the challenge for this defense, bringing it every weekend. If they can play at that high level, this team's going to be successful. You are—you are a trooper to join us every week to tell us this inside scoop. We're so lucky to have you on our team, Jeff. Appreciate you joining us again today. We'll see you next week and have have fun at the game tonight. I will. Thanks, Ricky. We'll talk about it next week. Good you have fun tonight too, Kyle. Play some great music. <laughs> have a great uh, day, and we'll see you after this break. So listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say Alexa. Open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.